0: at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about law enforcement issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. I'm going to go and introduce our crew to you guys, if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show. Uh, We have retired Captain Brett Bartlett, retired Corporal David D. Grusta. We have uh, Andrea Casal, most recently retired, and also producer Will Statser. So, uh, thanks, guys, for being on the show. Um, You know, John and Attorney Ward uh, could not make it at the last minute so uh, I apologize to their fan club. Also a shout out to our sponsors. We have Calm Case Management, Extra Duty Solutions, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com and Verdean Weapon Technologies and of course we're syndicated in, on the radio through the Boss Hog Radio Network and also Good Talk Radio and we're also powered by Pexip so uh, thanks to all those people uh, for being involved. Um, guys I do have a special announcement Um, I just, you know, covered it with the panelists that are on the show this evening. I just found out today that we are going to have a television show. Yes, I know everybody's in shock, but uh, you can hear crickets, but no, it's going to happen. We're going to be on Roku, at least that's where we're starting off and uh, hopefully expand from, you know, to other formats. And so I will give you more information about that as we get it. But within a week, uh, we should have the show up and uh, running and it's going to be our live show. So of course it won't be live when it's on TV, but you be able to find it a Roku and if you don't want to watch um, you know what's going on you know currently you can go to on demand so it's going to be uh it's gonna be pretty cool and i of course uh, i have a Roku so it'll be a, it'll be exciting stuff all right um you know moving along here and let's go to what our first topic we got some really uh, interesting things to talk about the first one is going to be the election. You remember uh, when we were talking last week and kind of trying to, uh, you know, kind of saying, look, we, we, don't, we can't really forecast what's going to happen. And we were trying to imagine what our Boss Hog Radio uh, network audience was going to be thinking when they listened to it on Thursday at 8 o'clock p.m. And uh, and so sure enough, who could predict uh, the mess from the election? And of course, I consider it um, not finalized yet personally. Um, but and um, some election protest articles that I've gotten on police one and a law enforcement today. I just kind of want to cover what's in the news. And guys, these news topics are fair game, as well as anything else you want to talk about in this. I've also got some other stuff coming up involving uh, law enforcement and involving drug decisions from the election. But we've got scattered protests in the U.S. cities, but no wide unrest has been seen. Now, imagine that. Um, I guess the Democrats are pretty happy right now then. It says, uh, with the election still undecided, protests took place across the U.S., but no signs of widespread violence, no looting, rioting, fires, all that kind of stuff. Also, LAPD makes arrests, declares unlawful gatherings on election night, and uh, but they were mostly law-abiding uh, people, getting them to disperse. Election demonstrators were arrested in Seattle and Portland, um, also, Detroit police pushback back. Rowdy poll challengers at a vote count center. Um, NYPD arrested 57 people, and a woman did punch a chief amid the election re- uh, unrest. Uh, 600 arrested during the anti-Trump march in Minneapolis Highway, uh, but they were blocking the freeway. And uh, it must have been some of the libs that didn't get the message. It must have been when Trump was up in like certain places and they were like, you know, getting a little bit of a, uh, you know, head start on this. And then Philly police, two armed uh, men were arrested after a tip about a threat uh, at a uh, a ballot counting site. And uh, and then, of course, there's an article on law enforcement today talking about anarchy in Portland, National Guard. Um, being called in. They did find uh, people, they seized loaded rifles, explosives, knives from a huge mob of rioters. Uh, But, you know, it didn't say that. Anyhow, Brett, what I'm thinking is that maybe these guys were on standby just in case it went south, they weren't happy they could use it, you know, so I didn't read too much into it. What do you think, Captain?
1: Uh, here's what I think. Poor little fellows. they had all these big old protests ready to go and all of a sudden their guy won, or supposedly won, I don't think he's won anything yet, but how disappointing. So, Somebody in the group said, "Hey, we're here. We've got the explosives. We got the gas. You know, we got the feces. We might as well go protest something." And everybody said, "Yeah, but you know, it's just not going to be the same." But they went. They gave it a little half effort. Now, what I thought was really neat: the bunch that were protesting Joe Biden, because the leftists, the lefts, and this happens every time when you cave to the communists. The, it's just like when when Eastern Europe fell to the to the Soviets and all the Communists in those countries rose up and said, thank you for saving us. Guess who was the first one to get killed? Those people that raised up and go, we've been waiting for you all this time. We're so happy you're here. What are you going to do with that pistol? So they're going to they're going to eat their own, and it's going to be really entertaining to watch. Now, I think it's going to get worse, and, and I still believe we're not done, Chip, like you with the election. So let's see how that works out. Now, if something happens and it gets recounted or the Supreme Court said, yeah, Trump's our guy, let me tell you what. What we've seen so far is nothing but a warm up.
0: Thank you, Captain. All right, Corporal it, David.
2: You know, it 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 kind of was it was kind of funny because the the first the first article says there was there was not widespread protest, but then every article after that was was protests and pushback and arrests and rioting and spitting and punching and fighting and people setting fires outside the justice center and. I think there was one article that talked about a mob outside one of the federal properties screaming at the uh, the, the, the marshal service to come out and fight. Um, yeah, so no, there was no uh, widespread protest at all, not, not, not in the least. Uh, my, my question is, and what I'd like to know, if Brett could uh, maybe contact some of his friends down at the uh, police department and pass this along. If, um, I, I'm planning on running down the street and burning some stuff and breaking some windows and, and screaming, not my president. And... Um, what else can I do? Um, is that going to be okay with everybody? Is, is that, is that acceptable behavior now? Is that what we're we're all about? I'm I'm hoping that, that, you know, if it was good for them, it would be kind of cool for us to do the same thing. And, you know, we could, we could, I'm Brent between you and I'm sure we could add a little bit to the mix and bring some, um, fireworks as it were, uh, you know, just to kind of, just kind of spice things up. I'm going to do it naked. Yeah, <laughs> um, I thought about that, and but then I thought you'd respond that way, and said, "No, I'm not going down that road. You run, you yeah. run the other way. I'll run, I'll run the other that that way." You I, go I just don't
1: way. want an Antifa member to go, brother. Thanks for coming out, but he looks down and goes, "Really? That's all you're really bringing to the fight? That's all?" <laughs> Terribly embarrassing at this point.
0: Wow. Dude. Well, a buddy of mine Me. on Facebook was trying to get people to. Uh, to, uh, you know, to organize, make some kind of organized effort to, uh, do a demonstration at, like, you know, a Walmart or a Walgreens and protest and riot. And, but these are all, he's a Republican. He's trying to get Republicans. And of course it was a joke because no one wants to participate because we don't do that kind of crap, you know? So, uh, so, uh, that's, that's, that's yeah. very, that disappointing, great, it's very disappointing though. And it didn't get taken down by Facebook. I was surprised. So,
3: I hopefully the Republicans will get some people that'll start uh, getting a little bit more vocal, but maybe if uh, if it's reversed, maybe I'll run down the street naked (laughs) and then we'll (laughs) just make for a whole different story.
0: All right. So, producer Will, you need to you need to start watching the live YouTube chat area right now because I'm sure these guys are gonna be going crazy now. Andrea just had the, you know, they already don't like her name on the screen down where the cleavage section is. They want that removed, you know. And so I can only imagine what we're gonna hear now. So yeah. Thanks for opening up that door. All right. What are you drinking, Andrea? Come on, come on, show us something. The bottle or something. I mean, we saw pretty fancy. I mean, you know, yeah.
3: Little freak show. Little freak show.
0: <laughs> Anybody else? I think, uh, nope. All right. We got plenty more coming up guys. Okay. And we got just over three minutes. So let's see our next one. Then we've got an update. This is on police one.com NYPDs. Wow. This is a great story. Anti-discrimination chief linked allegedly, and I know Ward's not here, but he would want us to say allegedly to racist messages. So I am going to laugh a little bit when I read this. I cannot help it. And please don't blame me and don't slam me on YouTube because if, if David Grester or Brett or Andrea was reading this stuff, they would laugh too, I guarantee you. So the head of the NYPD workplace discrimination office has been relieved of his command while officials investigate allegations that he posted hateful messages to a website where officers air grievances, anonymously, I know you're thinking "Ah, it, it could be Leo Affairs, you know, my old website or, but I'm thinking maybe NYPD rant is what I'm thinking. So Deputy Inspector James Coble is accused of pending attacks on black and Jewish people Women, members of the LGBTQ community, and others for more than a year using um, the uh, uh, sodium, uh, I guess it's Cluso, and it's a reference to the bumbling French detective on the Pink Panther film. So, in messages posted on the website, uh, Cluso referred to the Bronx district attorney, Darcel Clark, as a gap tooth wildebeest. And uh, ridiculed, uh, let's see, public advocate uh, Jimmaine Williams for having Tourette's syndrome, called former President Barack Obama a Muslim savage and Mayor Bill de Blasio's son, Dante, a brillo head. All of these people are black. Commissioner DeMont Shea said that postings uh, were abhorrent, utterly disgusting, and— um, Kobol, the commanding officer of the Equal Employment Opportunity Division, could be uh, fired after an internal investigation, she said, and uh, he denied being, um, you know, the person. Cluso in the interview in the in, in the uh, New York Times, which first reported the allegations, he said. Nonetheless. Despite my denial, it would likely end my career, is what he told the Times. Uh, Where do I go to get my reputation back, was the question he posed. And City Council investigators linked the messages to COBOL by matching information um, in the uh, CLUSO messages to publicly available details about uh, COBOL's life and career. So I wouldn't say it's definitely him. There's an investigation. Uh, We've got about 45 seconds, Um, Brett. And we may have to take a little break for a commercial and come back to this, but go ahead and start it off, Brett. you got about 30 seconds.
1: I can't imagine that they would they would run this guy off if they hadn't done a full investigation. I'm not a cyber guy, but I know people that can they can track that they can track that stuff back to the keyboard. So this guy can't tell me he didn't do it, and it's just wonderful to see these people fall.
0: Wow. So all right. So you're all right. You you may be right. Um, I'm kind of curious where this is going to go. So we'll. You know, we're going to take a commercial break in a second, but uh, when we get done, if there's any more comments, we'll cover that. But um, without any more ado, guys, let's go and take a commercial break real quick, but we will be right back. All right, I would like you to check out column case management software for the lifecycle of your case. Some of their biggest clients are Chicago PD, New Orleans PD, the Texas Department of Insurance, and the Inspector General of Ohio, but their typical agency has only 15 to 30 investigators using the software. Why, you might ask? Not only is their data easy to enter and to manage, but you can quickly drag and drop any size attachments, including video, into the case. And they have a link analysis module, community placing module, smart reporting, and their mobile force technology lets you do all this from your smartphone, your laptop, or even your desktop. They also have a 24-hour help desk that will respond to you within only 30 to 40. 40- Roundtable for a free two-year subscription. So from the opening complaint to case closed, let Column manage the life cycle of your case. Visit ColumnCase.com or schedule a free demo by emailing them at info at back to leo roundtable guys are there any more comments on the last one david did you have something more to add
2: yeah you know we we've talked about stuff like this before and you uh you think about all those what we called old sayings or or whatnot in the past and, and and when they talk about uh when a fish rots it starts at the head and um i don't i'm not certain that the that this guy is the actual head of the fish in new york um i'll leave who our listeners want to identify as the head of the fish that's rotting in New York, to their own um, imaginations. But this, this, this is—you know—you you hear stuff like that, you see stuff like this, and, and the the once great NYPD is um, uh, floundering badly.
0: Well, you know. Uh, some people on the show may realize that I, I, um, I, I co-founded the Leo Affairs law enforcement website with uh, Sergeant Jim Preston, and I did it while I was still an active officer, did it because I went through a really nasty internal affairs investigation. I wanted cops to be able to talk anonymously about law enforcement issues, uh, but anonymously, so there's no fear of repercussion from the agencies, So, and, and uh, um, ended up selling the uh, site after about 12 years um but there was a guy named Picasso and he posted all kinds of uh, animated you know things and he was slamming the St. Pete police department and when he retired um, he revealed the fact on his uh, on his uh, retirement invitation to a party, whatever, that he was, in fact, Picasso. Man, they drug him through an internal affairs investigation. They were talking about going after his pension and fired him and all kinds of crap. The The administration for St. Pete Police Department was highly pissed off about that. And I'll, I'll never forget that. But he just had I mean, he for years he was on legal affairs Nobody I didn't even know who he was until he came clean. He was on the front page of the paper all kinds of stuff when they found out who he was. so um anyhow we'll we'll watch this. I mean, could you imagine if this guy if he en- ends up being with NYPD, if he ends up in the position that he's in, if, if it ends up being him doing this, that would be that would be pretty sensational. so we'll keep watching it. Um, Now moving along guys, we've got a video. It's on policeone.com. Suspect jumps over a fence with a gun in his hand when he's shot by a deputy. Now this happens in Los Angeles County, California. And so they released the footage of a fatal shooting, and it was of a guy named Fred Williams III. He was killed during a foot chase, and it happened um, in, uh what marks the first deputy shooting captured on department issued body camera. So they just got body cams. So the footage is from October the 16th. It shows Williams, our bad guy, uh, 25 years old. He's on top of a garden shed. He's holding the gun while jumping over a fence. And before Uh, and it shows him before he was shot. Um, During the incident, the deputy broadcast over the radio that Williams was pointing 417 at him, meaning a firearm. The man's father, Fred Williams Jr., said the body camera footage refutes that. And quote, we see the video, we all see the video, and he was shot in the back. And this is what the dad's saying. The video clearly shows there was never a gun pointed. in talking about the deputy's direction. Now the coroner's office has not yet completed the autopsy, but they determined that he was uh, had a gunshot wound uh, to his back. The sheriff's department said, well anyhow, being shot in the back, we know that you, we can shoot bad guys in the in the back all day long, and there's nothing wrong with that under the appropriate circumstances. But the sheriff's department said a semi-automatic handgun was recovered by the homicide investigators. Now a day after the incident, the sheriff's department said that Williams, um, the bad guy, engaged the deputy by pointing his firearm at him. And then a summary of the incident posted by the Sheriff's Department later on, they walked back the statement saying the deputy rounded the corner and our bad guy had a gun in his hand and the shooting occurred. So they initially made a misstatement about it. Um, it does say the two deputies assigned to the uh, Century Station were conducting a patrol check of Mona Park because of recent shootings in the area when they noticed a group of 10 to 15 people, one of whom was holding a handgun. Williams looked towards the deputies, started running through a parking lot. Uh, One deputy chased on him after foot, and the other one followed in the patrol car. And the guy in patrol car, who even, you know, got ahead of the bad guy, apparently never got out of the car. I never saw him get out. So the guy doing the foot chase was doing a pretty good job. Williams put the pistol in his pocket, runs. Deputy follows him up the driveway, and while the second deputy circles the block to contain him, Williams runs through the yard behind the property, climbs on top of a garden shed, was shot gun in hand as he jumped the fence into another backyard. The agency that Williams was on parole and a prohibited person from having a gun. The shooting came a day after two teenage boys were shot to death after a car crash in the same neighborhood southeast of downtown LA. And so, anyhow, th- there was a lot of drama going on with these shootings, and they this guy might have been involved in that stuff. Who knows? But that said, uh, Corporal David, uh, we've got two and a half minutes. You want to start it off?
2: Certainly. Um, you know, this is one of those instances in California where. I believe that this deputy is going to be jammed up over this. Um, even though we look at the video in real time, if you watch, and I, I did both, I watched the video in real time and then slowed it down. In real time, uh, the deputy coming around the corner of that building, seeing the, the the bad guy on top of the shed with the gun in his hand in the position that the bad guy was in, kind of in a crouch, turned uh Mostly kind of toward and looking over his shoulder at the deputy with the gun in his hand um, in that time frame in that short make your decision right now time frame it's a justified shooting. The problem is in california the uh the wording that they use now necessary is going to come into play here, and as you slow the video down and look at it frame by frame um. It, it doesn't it does not appear from that perspective that the bad guy ever showed an intention or any other movement toward the deputy with the gun. So both stories that both sides have are accurate to to a degree. It just comes down to the fact that now California's has changed their um, use of force rules to the point that they they work into that necessary angle. It's it's they're going to fight that objectively reasonable standard that was set by the Supreme Court. So my prediction for this is this deputy is going to get hemmed up. They're gonna they're gonna go after him. They're going to try to make an example out of him, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna be in a fight uh, for probably I don't know about his career, but but to his his freedom for certain. Um, that that's that's what I'm looking at. On, on, this video, um, you know, I'm not the, the tactics, you know, g- going around corners too fast, all that sort of stuff, you know, not utilizing, you know, cover or at least whatever little bit of cover he had going through those alleyways made me a little bit, gave me a little angst, but in the end, we're talking about the shooting and that I'm, I'm afraid is going to be what's coming from this. So all you guys and girls in California working in uniform, you better strap it on. Cause it's really coming.
0: Thanks, Corporal. All right, out. guys, we're gonna take a commercial break real quick, but we will be right back. We're gonna to talk to everybody right now about our YouTube channel and how you can best experience the show. Now, if you want to watch our show and you want to watch it live and converse with us during the show, simply go to YouTube and find our show at Leo Roundtable. Make sure you subscribe and have your alerts turned on, and that way you'll get notifications from YouTube when we do our live shows. Now, it is, we're on Eastern time, and we're in Florida is where where I'm located at. So it's a seven o'clock Eastern time every Monday evening. You get notices through YouTube, and you'll be able to click on the link and go to the show and converse with us. And we actually have uh, quite a few people that are watching our show live and, and typing messages to us, and producer Will is doing a great job of watching that. So now throughout the week, we take this live show that's an hour and a half, and we split it up in the five parts, upload it Tuesday, through Saturday and we embed the videos of the stories and the and the shootings and chases that we're talking about. Makes for a great way to watch the show. So please check it out. Welcome back to Leo Roundtable. Um thanks David. Captain Bartley, did you want to add anything?
1: Yeah, what we don't see is what the what the deputy was seeing, you know, his eye, his brain tells him a certain thing. We don't know what was on the side of the fence. We don't know if there are other deputies, other cops over there, civilians. So if that was Florida or any other state, I think he'd be in good shape. But uh, but uh, Dave's right. In California, since that standard has changed, it's going to be a problem. But, you know, that none of that matters because the father refuted the statement.
0: Yeah.
2: You, you know, in the other part, I, I, was, I was wondering if Brett was going to talk about it, but um, Ward would, if, if he was with us, um, the number of shots that the deputy fired, he, he shot um, at least, I think it was six or seven times, and he continued to fire well after the guy went over the fence. And I saw impacts of bullets that were in that metal fence and wall that the guy had, had uh, climbed over, jumped over off that shed. So that's going to be another thing. Not and, and Brett's talked about it before. We know how it is about the the time between when your brain says okay you can stop and that message get to your gets to your finger to stop pulling the trigger. Sometimes can be seemingly a long time, but again, that's going to be another layer in this in California where they're going to go. They're going to hem him up over it. They're going to go after him. I, I can almost guarantee it
0: you're right corporal now andre before you go i think producer will has something he wants to share with us so producer will the floor is yours
2: um so new let me just make sure i get this right so uh
0: new justice project just donated wow yeah. thank you New justice project we appreciate it so that said Andre, you're on the hook so prepare no. your words carefully for new justice project <laughs>
3: Oh man. All right. So, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but when he's running up that, um, the driveway was the gun, not in his waistband, because then that means that he took it out somewhere from climbing up onto the shed and then going over the wall. So I, I have to think that that has to play a part in this because you see the the woman and the man and the child outside of that residence and he is somehow in that transition, he pulled a gun. So I really hope that they look at that when they look at this whole thing and knowing that the deputy's now behind him. Not saying they will, I see Dave shaking his head at me, but all I'm saying is that it was in his waistband when he's running down the driveway and all of a sudden, you know, he, he's got the gun in his hand. So, I, I mean, what? it...
0: Go ahead. I think that he put it in his pocket at one point. He initially had it out. He was running with it within his within his pocket. Obviously, he took it back out again. Um, the video I can I can hear, you know, during the chase. You know the cops man look i'm trying to give the cop the benefit of the doubt because obviously brett will tell you you know the camera the body cams don't show everything and 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 that's why we have viridian as a sponsor because they have a gun camera that shows everything from the viewpoint of the camera you know so the cop obviously sees things that i can't see during the chase because i hear him saying you know show me your hands or drop it or whatever and i can't i can't really even see the bad guy much less what he's got in his hand but um but it would it's so important what you say after you pull the trigger um, I didn't, I, I don't know what he told the investigators, uh, but given the circumstances, if he would have said, look, I, I, I could hear voices on the other side of the fence. He's jumping with a gun. I felt like I had to use, you know, deadly force before he killed somebody that might get him over that hump with the necessary standard. Um, cause he only had, I mean, a window of opportunity no. to take care of business and, and, and the, 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 the lethal shots might have, might have gone through the fence when he, when he dove over it and, and, and killed him too. Who knows?
2: Well, you know, Chip, I mean, Andrea brings up a good point about the gun being not in his hand as he's running at one point, whatever whatever the points in the chase are um, as they dissect the video. She makes a good point about that. And then the gun is in his hand when the cop comes around the last corner. And again, you know, I I, I do not encourage officers to try to extrapolate out what the might have been type of thing as their primary uh, defense. You know, when you're in a situation like that, and things are happening as fast as they were in that video, and they were instantaneous. Those were seconds, split seconds that were going by. That he comes around that last corner is and is confronted with a guy, who he didn't know this at the time, but who had taken the gun out of wherever he had it uh, placed prior and now had it in his hand. So, and is on top of that shed, turned partially toward the officer where he's looking at him over his shoulder, that's another split second that that gun, that that gun comes into play and starts dropping rounds at the cop. So the objective reasonableness of that police officer standing in that position, looking at this guy with a gun in his hand who he is sees or his impression her, his perception is this guy can shoot me and and then uses deadly force is a justified shooting. But we're not talking about any, anywhere else in the country. We're talking about California. That's my point. So yes, Andrea makes a good point. Brett makes they, they're all they're all right, but it, not not California.
3: But right. but I think to follow, I was just going to say to follow that up, and we're going to continue to see it. We talked about it week and week, you know, week after week. It's we delay on these shootings. I mean, we see we'll see one later. We you know we're slow to act. Because of the public perception, the changing of either legislation or the perception of departments, or whatever the case may be, we're going to start to see officers getting hurt more and more. And you know, we're sitting here trying to justify: he has a gun, he's running with a gun, whatever he did with the gun before that. You know, where you're you're transitioning, what you need to do now as a as an officer to sit there and determine everything within a split second. You have to determine what their intention is with that gun. You know, he's already saying he pointed it at me. So again, articulation comes down to—I mean, you—you you better really <laughs> articulate when you know you're going when when they're you know giving the investigator anybody they're going to have to sit there and articulate that a heck of a lot better than they ever used to to sit there and justify any of these shootings. It's a, any of them.
0: Thanks, Andrea. David uh, and David, you're right. I mean, the bad guy could have shot the cop. And, and there's no way the cop would have got a shot off first if he wanted to while he was on the top of the shed. But I, I totally well, get it. And I know you've been saying cops for years should be leaving California and going and going east.
2: That, that's, you know, that's the, 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 the bad guy could have waited for the cop in several different places during that foot chase. From the time that the officer entered that, out that, that last alleyway um, where the child and the two other people were that drugged the kid into the house. Oh, in that alleyway, that was like out of a movie for crying out loud. So the guy could have been waiting for the cop anywhere down that alleyway. Um, So for him to come around the corner like that and suddenly be faced with that guy on the roof with a gun in his hand, that's justified all day long. My fear, as I've said, is that it's in California.
0: Thanks, Corporal. And uh, I'm going to beat producer Will to the punch. Uh, MJ Dorse uh, made a donation to the uh, show as well. So thank you. And hey, love the graphic picture for MJ Dorse, absolutely love it. So um, I'm sure Brett. Brett's online. He'll he'll back me up on that. I'm sure. So is there? Uh, yeah, Brett's giving a little silent applaud. You know, uh, Brett goes to the opera a lot, so he that's you know he knows how to do that. So is there uh, anybody else on this one before we uh, move on? All right, guys. Anyhow, we'll continue to watch the outcome of this shooting, any p- potential discipline, and we'll go from there. We'll see if uh, if David's right on this stuff. So he usually is. So. Anyhow, moving along, we are on policeone.com again. Now, this is the election day law enforcement-related decisions. Um, one thing I, I did not mention on the uh, initial segment talking about the election was, is I know there's all this hoopla, there's court challenges. What I will say is that if it ha- would have been any of us going into uh, public office in the presidency with everything that's going on or that has gone on with the accusations for the Russian collusion or just going after Brett Kavanaugh, and and we would have... and then. You know, and then the mail-in, mail-in voting, um, the the pursuit for that. I would have had people strategic in locations in polling stations across the country that I thought might be a problem. So I'm not worried when the news media says that they don't have specific instances. I know that if you give too many details, witnesses and evidence will disappear. So I expect to get more information as time goes on and maybe have some of it sealed though. Um, but I'm, uh, I, I, like Brett said earlier, I don't think this thing's over, but on election day, law enforcement related decisions, San Francisco voters, they scrapped the minimum staffing re- requirement for police and, uh, Portland voters approved creating a new civilian oversight board for police. Now the measure, um, it's 26-217. It creates the framework for a new civilian-run police oversight board that will investigate all city officer misconduct complaints and impose, impose discipline in cases where infractions are found. And uh, it had passed 82% to 18. And the new police oversight board, it's planned to replace the independent police review, which works alongside the internal affairs unit and investigates police officer misconduct complaints. So. Um, in California voters um, go big on criminal justice reform and we'll be covering more on that later and then in Portland um, it, it talks about it rejects rejects a bid to cut 18 million from police now it's interesting because the Portland city Council voted down a proposed 18 million uh cut to the Portland police budget, three to two, and they just did this nearly five months after they approved rerouting $15 million slated for the police budget. So I, don't, I guess they can't make up their minds what they want to do. Does the majority of the council called for more comprehensive discussions on how the best reform public safety in Portland expressed concerns over the layoffs because they could result, um, you know, laying off people in, in, that, in that massive cut. So that said, Corporal David. David, I'm sorry we got like 15 seconds. So
2: Um, I'm going to tell you this real quick. It's time for the police to step back and allow the public give the public what they want. Um, That's the only way to survive now in this in this um, in that in this job in that job. And you're going to have to wait for the public to come to their senses. More on this later.
0: Thanks, Corporal. We're going to take another commercial break, but we will be right back. I want to talk to you right now about something that's affecting our law enforcement agencies uh, nationwide our country's crying out for accountability around who we hire to serve and protect them, and we've all had a front row seat, and not only seeing, but also in experiencing the flaws in vetting and hiring law enforcement officers. It doesn't have to be this way, and our friends at Guardian Alliance Technologies, they actually have the solution. Now, Guardian has developed a Sieges-compliant background investigative software platform that helps you uncover potentially problematic applicants in record time while helping to ensure that you have the best quality officers serving. No upfront fees, training fees, installation costs for long-term contracts or commitment, so we struggle recommend that you visit them today at Technologies.com. welcome back to the leo roundtable show corporal david
2: you know i like like everything we like a good challenge we do we like a good challenge and as 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 the current law enforcement profession is being challenged right now, um, instead of trying to do do it the way that we did it for so long and stepping up to that challenge and facing it head on, um, doing what we know is right for the community, it's time, I believe, um, it has finally become crystal clear that it is time for law enforcement to give their public Exactly what they're asking for, and if that means, you know, that we're going to see videos coming up here, guy with a knife out on the street, it's time to it's time to just simply walk away. Allow the family to struggle and wrestle the guy down in the street and get stabbed two or three times. Allow some of the neighbors to get stabbed. Oh, well, I guess at this point, maybe we you and then and then stand back and say, are, are you, you guys want us to do something now, or or do you want to go ahead and let this do what? Tell me, tell me now what you want to do. It's time to put it on to the people who are pushing this insane agenda across these Western and Northwestern States and, and give the people in the community exactly what they're asking for. You guys are smart. You guys and girls out there in uniform are smart. You know how to do this, keep yourself safe and give them what they're asking for.
0: Thanks corporal. All right. If there's nobody else, we'll move on to our next one then. And, um, Place1.com again. New York deputy writes a children's book about his canine. Now, yeah, I'm giving this guy a free plug. I thought it was kind of cool. And, you know, I have a soft spot in my heart, Andrea, for canine. So, canine Abel is a uh, Belgian uh, Malinois. And it was, uh, the dog was born in Ontario, joined the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office, canine unit in March of 2017. And this is in uh, Watertown, New York. So a dual-purpose canine trained and certified in patrol tracking, including suspect apprehension, canine handler protection. So the dog's probably got some bites under his belt by now. Abel is also trained and certified in advanced narcotics detection. So Abel's story is interesting, educational, and that's why Deputy Sheriff Jeffrey Froelich of the Jefferson County uh, Sheriff's Office decided to write it all down in the form of a children's book told from Abel's perspective, and it's called I Am ABLE. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Now, the story follows Abel's experience from being selected as, uh, I guess, by Deputy Froelich at the sheriff's office to begin his journey going through the training to become a certified canine in New York. Now, in order for kids to relate to the story and be able to identify with it and understand it, Deputy Froelich tried to parallel Abel's experiences for training to what they do in school. Abel had homework, just like school children do, and they have to practice certain things uh, like they you know, like they do the students, and his target age group is first through fourth graders. So uh pretty cool. And the book is now on sale through Amazon. Other retailers, proceeds from the sale of the book go to Protecting Canine Heroes, nonprofit organization provides protective best canine first aid kits to handlers and dogs across the country, free of charge. Pretty cool. So um if there's no comments on that, I think we all appreciate that. We'll go to our next one then. So moving along, yes, we are on another video, police1.com. Now, it's a body-worn camera video of Walter Wallace Jr., and this officer-involved shooting has been released. Now, this is in Philadelphia. So Philadelphia police released the body camera uh, video, and it's two officers killing Walter uh, Walter Wallace Jr. on October the 26th. Now, Wallace's killing, uh, it was also captured on a bystander cell video. It led the protest and violence in the city throughout the following week. Shocker! Now the body cam video shows Wallace. He's 27 years old. He's walking out of a house and around a residential street, and he's got a knife. Now the two responding police officers, who are identified as 25-year-old Sean, uh, I guess, Matarazzo, and 26-year-old Thomas Munns, repeatedly tell this guy they dropped the knife. Now in the video, family members could be seen trying to corral Wallace. In fact, they're actually kind of getting in the way of the line of fire. They've said since. uh, since then that he was going through a mental health breakdown now officer wallace takes a few steps towards um Matarazzo and munz and they fire several shots and they kill him now neither of the officers were carrying stun guns according to a uh, police commissioner danielle outlaw what that has to freaking do with anything i don't know uh the wallace's family attorney uh, shaka Johnson, yes, I said that, you heard that right, has said the family does not want the two cops to be charged with murder. Instead, they blame the officer's lack of training and proper equipment. Interesting, police also released uh, 911 calls uh, from October the 26th and in the release calls, multiple people had called Philadelphia police, reported a man assaulting his mother and his father. Now, the release was the first time that the nation's fourth largest police department has shared body camera video of his officer shooting somebody, according to local Fox affiliate WTXF. Dozens of people gathered Wednesday outside Philadelphia City, Hall a protest Wallace's killing. The demonstration merged with hundreds uh, strong. Count every vote is what it's called some March, shortly before the fatal shooting was released. And in the prior weeks of protest, police said that more than 200 people were arrested and 60 cops injured. Philadelphia District Attorney Larry Krasner's office is doing the investigation into the killing. And they're also doing, of course, a uh, police internal affairs investigation. Now, it gets a little bit better. After the body cam footage of Wallace's killing was released by the officials following the uh, news conference, protests continued. Organizers acknowledged that they released the video, but... Crystal Strong of the Black Philly Radical Collective and also of Black Lives Matter Philly said there is no videotape evidence that will ever allow us to say that their life did not matter. Let us be clear. Watch the film. Circulate the film if you need to. Strong told the crowd on Market Street at Independence Mall, uh, but the fact remains that Walter Wallace should still be here. And we will continue the fight until the police officers who killed him are accountable, until they're fired, until they're jailed, until this entire system is uprooted. Uh, wow. Anyhow, that's what we have. David, I see the smile and the smirk. Uh, defend defend that smile and mark, David. Sure. the smirk, David. Sure. The floor is yours. It's-
2: it's hysterical how the how the family says they don't want the cops prosecuted because they were there and saw what was going on, and then you got this other guy going, "Well, we want them prosecuted and fired and, and jailed," and and of course, you know the the reality is, and I, I hate to be um, I hate to think this way. It's I know it's bad, but I'm I'm afraid the family's just been advised by an attorney that. You know the, the money is in the city's pockets, not in the cops' pockets. So if you, you, there's no sense in going after the cops. Go after the city for the lack of equipment and the lack of training. Um, that's that's what that angle is all about. When you watch this video, so again, I go back to the same thing: guys in Philadelphia, guys and girls in Philadelphia, just 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 stay down the street. And um, you know, when you guys want us to come in and help you out with your uh, with your loved one who's armed with the large hunting knife. Uh, who is attacking you? You know, give us the give us the sign, give us the high sign, give us whatever, and we'll come down. But other than that, you're you you, you guys want to handle it? Handle it, uh, because uh, you don't want us to handle it. And that's the unfortunate direction that we're going. S- sooner or later, I hope that the the public will get the idea, and they'll swing back to the way police work is supposed to be done, and and all this nonsense will go away. I don't know. In a few years, maybe, if we're lucky. Enjoy. We're lucky.
0: Thank you. All right. Captain Bartlett and Andrea, now we've got roughly about a, a minute and 15 seconds before we take a break, but go ahead, Captain.
2: Well, just
1: very briefly, Chip, it's going to come down to this. The cops are going to pull up to the scene. They're going to see the guy with the knife. They're going to take out their clipboard and, and somebody's yelling, help us, help us. And They're going to go, come over here. Uh, i going to need your signature on this waiver called, I want the police to help me. And without a signature and a notary, we're just not going in. But, you know, Dave has something, you know, it's going to take some honest people getting killed and cut by these bad guys before the other side starts going. This is madness. Now, I I saw the lady's shirt, and I believe this, all lives can't matter until black lives matter. I saw that on her shirt, so I'm going to join that group right now. I'll be back.
0: Hey, can you share that again, Captain, just in case our listeners are listening? Yeah. I think you said all something, but they're just are not sure.
1: Lives, all lives, all can't matter until Black Lives Matter. That's what it said on their shirt. I was, I saw it on the video. Well,
0: uh-huh. all right,
1: Andrea. Yeah, that's you, Mister, Mister White Privilege.
0: We got fifteen ah. seconds, Andrea. So, uh, all right, you real quick. I, I,
3: yeah, I just, I, I, think that this is one of those again. You know, I would, have, I mean they really should have taken that shot right away um we sat there and we watched them they're gonna wait and wait and wait and wait um we had a lot of family members that came out af- you know they came out afterwards they jumped on you know the guy afterwards they couldn't tend aid to him like it just ended up being where it's the- all
0: right the- guys we're gonna take another commercial break but we will be right back <laughs> To talk to you guys about our radio show and our podcast. Now, if you want to watch our podcast, if you simply go to leoroundtable.com, top of the website, you'll see our RSS feed. We've got the Apple Podcast. Uh, we're on Anchor, so we've got eleven podcast formats, and we're being pushed by law enforcement today. Now, radio—that's kind of where it gets exciting. So uh, we are syndicated through the Boss Hog Radio Network. Now, that's in Florida, so they're in Bushnell, Lakeland, Plant City, Winter Haven, and Avon Park, all. East of Tampa, and they've got 4 a.m. and and, uh, 1 f.m. station. And we're also syndicated five days a week through the Good Talk uh, Radio, which is part of the Cutting Edge Radio Network based out of Mesa, Arizona. And as I already hinted at, uh, the Cutting Edge Radio Network, now there is a Cutting Edge TV, and we're going to be doing that in a week on uh, Roku. So we're very excited about that. So go to the website, check us out in all those formats. It's a great way to watch the show.